spend my dollar. It's not about what you want, it's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. Alabama wins! What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Alabama Football Podcast, and truly have we got a treat for you. We've got Brad Logan with uh, Ole Miss, representing Ole Miss, back with us uh, this season, back with us tonight, and uh, we have a, a brief conversation, but a really good conversation, getting some insight on Ole Miss. So let's pitch to the interview. Go. Well, welcome back, Alabama fans, and have we got a treat for you. We have Brad Logan who is the host of Believe in Ole Miss podcast, the co-host of the Red and Blue Crew podcast, contributor for Inside the Rebels 24-7 site. Brad is all things Ole Miss and uh, comes to us with the world of Ole Miss news tonight. Brad, thanks for joining us this evening. At any time. Fantastic. Hey, let's jump in. You know, Lane Kiffin may have his finger on the pulse of the uh, Alabama defensive coordinator position, but uh, Tide fans, I think, are interested in how Ole Miss fans are are taken to uh, Pete Golding. How's that uh, turning out so far? Well, first play of the season uh, for defensive coordinator Pete Golding resulted in a 75-yard Mercer quarterback keeper for a touchdown, so it didn't start out very well. But uh, obviously, you know, I know you and everyone else listening has, has seen the stats, and Ole Miss has done very well defensively. I think a lot of that is the competition piece of it, of who they face. But what I think more than anything Ole Miss fans have really enjoyed is that Ole Miss has limited its opponent to essentially nothing in the second half. So if you look at where Ole Miss was uh, last year versus this year, outscoring opponents 49-7, to that's just in the third quarter. And I think just from an adjustment standpoint, Ole Miss fans are really excited about what Pete Golding has brought Ole Miss, you, you know, it'll take a couple of years before he gets his players in, but I think by what he's been able to overtake from last year's defense, I think that says a lot about what Ole Miss has been able to do the first couple of weeks anyway. No, that makes sense. Uh, Ole Miss is uh, off is just out of the gate scoring 50 points a game. Looks like another high-powered uh, Lane Kiffin offense. Uh, talk to us about uh, Jackson Dart. You know, Alabama fans, we already forget what good quarterback play looks like. Uh, talk to us about uh, Jackson Dart. What's standing out to you? Well, he's pretty much put the team on his back uh, in these sluggish first halves against both Tulane and Georgia Tech. And, and I think with with the emergence of of a pretty good defense, we, we, we've seen a lot of defenses really focusing on Ole Miss's running back core of Quinshawn Jenkins, who came in highly decorated, and then an offensive line for Ole Miss that has not really put together – a great full game yet. And so with that comes uh, a depleted running attack. And we haven't seen Ole Miss really run the ball effectively all year. And I think that's in large part because of, number one, they're targeting Quinchon Jenkins, And number two, they haven't had that offensive line play. So what Jackson Dart has been able to do is run the football pretty effectively, but more or less he's targeting receivers. He's allowing them to get open, get separation. And this is going to be a very – Beat up wide receiver core that uh, you know. King Prescorn has yet to play a game at wide at, uh, at tight end. Trey Harris got hurt uh, the Tulane game. Did not play against Georgia Tech, so they've got a ton of question marks at wide receiver. And then uh, Zakarian Franklin, a transfer out of UTSA, still has not played a game. So Jackson Dart has absolutely kept this team together. 
Uh, he's opened the field with Dayton Wade, a former walk-on, with Jordan Watkins uh, being the go-to receivers and just making the decisions whether to throw or whether to run the football. One interception, and quite frankly, they, that wasn't even his fault. It bounced off a receiver's hands. So it's been a great year for Jackson Dart so far, and uh, he's absolutely been the uh, the backbone of this Ole Miss offense this, uh, this far this season. Brad, talk about this running game. Uh, you know, I, I saw where the coaches really challenged the offensive line against Georgia Tech to, uh, to come out and produce, and they really, really did. Uh, Judkins, has, as you mentioned, has been a little bit dinged up. Is he looking to be uh, healthier? Are they sort of saving him up for the Alabama game? I don't, I don't know that saving him up is the right word, but I don't think there's any doubt that they looked ahead to see who they were facing uh, when they beat Georgia Tech last week. And, and you know, Lane Kiffin even admitted that, that he was – he being Quinchon Judkins was banged up some. He's We've learned that his, his, he's had some rib issues, some bruised ribs. So he did not play a full game, and, and Lane Kiffin admitted that they held him out some. But he played pretty well when he was in there. Once again, you, you can't run where there's not a hole, and he just has not had that burst. And I think we've learned that, that the reason is is because uh, he's had that rib issue. We did see uh, Ulysses Bentley for the first time. And honestly, maybe, I don't know, all year really. And then he hasn't been uh, very productive last year. He stayed injured, but he had a little bit of a, a step that we haven't seen in a while against Georgia Tech. So I expect to see him along with the Quinchon Junkins from the backfield. And then Jam Griffin, a transfer out of Oklahoma State. I'm sorry, Oregon State. And uh, he played sparingly last week. I expect you might see him some this week against Alabama. It, it, to me, the tail of the tape, once again, is the Pete Golding defense yeah. versus that Alabama offense. And I know we'll get to, you know, Alabama in a moment, but I, I'm, I'm interested to see. I think Nick Saban's seen some tape on Alabama, uh, on Ole Miss over the last 25 years because when you put a running uh, cornerback against Ole Miss, they seem to have a career day. And so I, I expect nothing of the less from, from Milrow on Saturday. Right. Ole Miss has never been able to contain a running quarterback. So I, I think that's a good move by Coach Saban. But, yeah, real quickly, you know, kind of back to Ole Miss, it's, it, it's been Jackson Dart's team. And, and, and at some point, I thought we would see Quinchon Junkins have a much bitter, bigger game than he's had. I, I really felt like against Tulane and against Georgia Tech, he would have more of a breakout game. But when it came out that he'd been banged up due to injury, that made sense why we have not seen him a ton. Yeah, you know, ribs are tough. It's a tough injury just all around. But, boy, that's tough for a running back, right, running into, uh, running into the big bodies all day. You know, that's why I don't think we've seen the burst from him. And, yeah, no, that's and even fair. against even against even against Tulane, you know, we we didn't see him. You know, it just, it just didn't feel like he had the leg motion. He wasn't able to get that extra step. He it didn't feel like he got the yards after carry that we're, we're normally seeing him get to, to get. And and obviously that makes sense now. And then uh, I think by by limiting him last week, I do think that will help going forward on Saturday. No, that makes sense. That'll, uh, you know, certainly, certainly a star running back, and uh, want him, want him at full health as as quickly as he can be. But uh, yeah, he's certainly a fun one to watch. Let's talk about this defense. And and uh, Brad, help me out here. I was looking, uh, trying to read up on the uh, Ole Miss roster, and I found cave writings. And I need some help interpreting the cave writings. Uh, I went out to Our Lads website, and I looked at the at the two deep, and uh, they counted. Uh, only four players in the two deep were not seniors or redshirt seniors or grad transfers, and 18 
uh, of those players are transfers. So what does that mean? How do we interpret this? Is this a salty bunch of veterans coming together, or is this a patchwork that's still gelling? I think what it means is Pete Golding just wasn't entirely happy with what the roster looked like, and Lane Kiffin went to work in the portal. And I think you'll see Ole Miss, when December rolls around, they'll sign probably eight to ten defensive linemen. And it was a situation where they just didn't like the talent from the previous years. And what we've seen is we've seen a defensive line that's gelled pretty well. I mean, there's been some issues, but Isaac Kukwu from from James Madison, Achilles Stone has been really good. J.J. Pegues, another transfer who's from the Oxford area, went to Auburn and then came back, has, has been a stalwart there as well. I really like the defensive line. They've got some depth there. There's really no one with the exception of Cedric Johnson that just jumps off the page. And and that's not to be detrimental to, to the players themselves, but there's not a lot of there's not a lot of studs there. There's yeah. just a lot of dudes and, and pretty good dudes, but not just people that just jump off the page. I mean, there's yeah. there's some Micah Parsons comparisons to Cedric Johnson. He's not there. He doesn't have the speed that Parsons has, but he's got a he's got a good build. The problem with Ole Miss last week was especially in the first half, they just missed so many tackles. Uh, they were there, and many, many times they had the quarterback in the backfield. And, you know, Hayes King, you guys will see him down the road. Well, I'm sorry, you won't uh, be Georgia Tech, but you saw him when he was at Texas A&M. He does not run a lot, and Ole Miss was in the grasp of Hayes King, but just couldn't get him to the ground. And I think that's going to be problematic this week against Bill Rowe. We know that Saban came out, and, and name Milro the, the starter. What's and I think that's the best move. And um, I just think if you look at what Saban's going to do with him, I, I get the the feelings of a Blake Sims slash Andrew Zal. Um, mm. the, those two players had career days against Ole Miss, and I don't know that they had career days against a ton of other folks. Right. At the end of the day, I think um, it, it's going to be it's going to be hard for Ole Miss because they're going to have to tackle better. And they cannot wait until the second half to play. If they do, it's going to be 28 to nothing. So I think they're going to have to play four complete quarters of football. But to answer your question, yeah, they just didn't like their roster. And they had to go kind of get a a much better roster together and get some bodies to be able to rotate across that defensive front. Freshman linebacker, uh, Sunturin Perkins, hopefully I'm saying that right. How good is he going to be? He's very good. And – we're already receiving a ton of folks on the message board. You know, he's not playing a ton of third downs, and I think a lot of that is schematics. And we're getting a lot of why is uh, Sunterian Perkins not playing, and that's why he's a freshman. Uh, I think you know we'll see plenty of Perkins going down the road. I mean, Lane Kiffin even admitted we've got one player, we being Ole Miss, and, and I'm I'm paraphrasing for Lane, but he said we have one player that Alabama wanted, and I think that was a little tongue in cheek. You know, we've seen Lane make those playful jabs at, at other teams like Texas A&M yeah. where he says, we we being Ole Miss, we, uh, speaking for Lane Kiffin, uh, are beating a bunch of five stars. And so uh, he's very good, and he's going to be a, a exceptionally good down the road when he puts about 20 pounds on. And uh, so he's, he's getting a lot of very important reps, I expect. Uh, you know, there's been some, some, some reports that I think Ole Miss Bay – or Ole Miss has been um, advised to by 
some media, I guess you could say, to scout or to spy Jalen Milrow with Sunterry and Perkins. Makes a lot of sense, but I think Pete Golding's, uh, you know, probably got something in mind for Milrow. I don't know who that might be, but but Sunterry and Perkins would be would be one that everyone would kind of look at that would spy him. Uh, but look, I mean, Perkins is a great player, and he's going to be uh, one that Ole Miss fans remember for many years to come. Yeah, you know, Kiffin's not wrong, right? Uh, I, I get that he's making a, a motivational tactic there, uh, which is phenomenal, and uh, that's certainly within his uh, bag of tricks. But uh, Perk is certainly a player we wanted as well, so <laughs> so he's not wrong in saying that. Hey, am I seeing uh, uh, Stephen Wynn, the well-traveled uh, Stephen Wynn, uh, former Alabama uh, player at yeah. last year? Uh, is he getting into the rotation much? Not a lot. Uh, not a lot right now. And I think a lot of that is because Aquilo Stone is playing so well at defensive tackle. I think, you know, we, we expected him to play more than he has. But once again, I don't know if it's schematics. I don't know if it's just talent, but we've not seen win very much at all this year. Safety, uh, Trey Washington leads the team in tackles and uh, looks like he's on pace for a career year. Is that because uh, he's a live body that they need at safety or is he really blossoming this year? No, he's really blossoming. He played well last year. I mean, he was one of my favorite players to watch in the defensive backfield last year. He was all around the ball. And, I mean, you know, I've heard the people say that you never want your safety to be your leading tackle. I mean, I, I get all that. But, if you, yeah. you know, if you're doing what – in a Pete Golding defense, you may blitz from all over the field. And yeah. so, I mean, Trey Washington, he dealt – you know, in the fall, fall camp, he injured one of his ankles. I think it was his left ankle. So he was really dealing with that. I think a lot of people were worried that that may be an injury that lingers and carries over into the end of the season. It hasn't. He's come on. He's played well. Uh, he led the team in tackles actually last week, and uh, he uh, he's played really, really good for this Ole Miss defense. Brad, what's the mood of the uh, Ole Miss fan base? Uh, Ole Miss has come up short uh, on some winnable games against Alabama uh, over the last uh, sort of era, if you will, certainly under under Kiffin, uh, Alabama is certainly unsettled right now. Uh, what are the fans expecting uh, Saturday in Tuscaloosa? It, it's um, it's a situation to where I don't need to tell you or the audience what the numbers are. I mean, Ole Miss is two for twenty eight in Tuscaloosa in program history. So anyone that thinks that Ole Miss is going to roll in and just to pop the tide on top of the head and come home or are fooling themselves. I mean, history's burned so many people. I mean, I, I can remember, you know, back, uh, I go back to that Santonio beard, Andrew Zao game. And yep. by the time that game was over, it was, I think it was 42 to seven. And that was a season in which Ole Miss felt like it had a pretty good team back in 1999 when it went and played for the independence bowl. Yep. And um, so, I mean, you know, you can fast forward through the years. I mean, we even go to so far as to say last year, Ole Miss is driving it. To, uh, to go up 24-21, I think, or whatever. They would have gone up by four points, and they couldn't run it anymore because Quinchon Junkins was just completely spent, yep. and there was no running back. You know, Zach Evans could be knocked out due to concussion. Ulysses Bentley was out. So, basically, Quinchon Junkins was a decoy. As we all know, the fourth down play happens, Alabama wins. So, I mean, I, I, I'm 46, and I've seen Ole Miss get close against Alabama, and I've only seen them win just – you know, I can count on my hand, including Oxford, Jackson, and Tuscaloosa, and Birmingham. How many times I've seen Ole Miss beat Alabama? So it just doesn't happen very much. I think from a from a, a standpoint of Ole Miss fans, I think it's pretty fair to say cautious optimism. But I think they feel much better about LSU the following week than they do against 
uh, Alabama. Anytime you go to Tuscaloosa, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you just roll the dice and hope for the best because history is not on your side. I do think it's interesting that Ole Miss has a you know a pretty good team this year. Uh, sure, I mean, I guess we could argue that Alabama's spinning a little bit, maybe a quarterback, but they always find a way to come together under Nick Saban, who's the greatest college football coach of all times. So I, I don't expect that to change. I expect Alabama to play really well on Saturday, and it's going to be – an incredibly difficult game for Ole Miss to win. Those are, I know, <laughs> I know your your motivation there is a little bit di- little different, but uh, man, those are words that uh, Alabama fans need to need to cling to. Uh, the folks uh, running around the message boards, boy, it's a lot of chickens with their heads cut off in in uh, some of those places. Yeah, message board communities are a place where you need to uh, to, to go and completely unplug um, and not worry about uh, your job or your family and just sit back and grab a bag of popcorn and, and go to town because they're they're absolutely some of the craziest takes you can find and 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 those message boards are something else and they're a lot of fun to to read but they're also uh, you have to keep it arm's length there uh there's some crazy crazy uh, comments on a message board for sure, especially when you talk about college football. Absolutely. Absolutely. Brad, I love the popcorn reference. Uh, I know Alabama fans will have uh, theirs ready for Saturday. Hopefully Lane Kiffin will have some uh, popcorn ready to go too. Uh, Brad, thanks for joining us tonight. Anytime. And we're back. What did I say? That was a fun interview. Uh, I enjoy talking with Brad. He's a great guy, and uh, he really knows uh, his Ole Miss and his history. He was able to sort of bring back some history uh, of uh, prior Alabama and Ole Miss games and brought, I thought, a really unique perspective uh, to the conversation in that context. Uh, I love him sort of weighing in on the Milrow selection and how that may not bode well for uh, Ole Miss. And he's coming from just a depth of uh, reservoir of experience uh, when he shares that. I sort of joke with Brad, and, and I think it's true. Uh, I think as Alabama fans, uh, Brad's preaching in a way that we need to listen to. Uh, Saban's still still the GOAT, and Alabama still has a lot of talent. And uh, who knows, Milrow, Milrow maybe does light it up uh, Saturday night. But uh, the ship is not adrift, and uh, I think uh, I think there were some interesting uh, points and thoughts there. But anyways, we appreciate you tuning in to uh, the interview. We certainly enjoy having Brad on, and so that was a phenomenal uh, discussion. And uh, with that, let's say just a couple of quick administrative things. Reach out. If you have any questions for us at alabamafootballpodcast.com uh, or alabamafootballpodcast at gmail.com, that's the better way to do it. And uh, you can certainly reach out to the website alabamafootballpodcast.com where there's links to find out more about sort of the podcast uh, support team. And hopefully uh, uh, we, we encourage you to sign up and, and join there and support us. In the meantime, big game coming up Saturday. Uh, talked about it in the post-Southern uh, uh, South Florida game. And the thought has really sort of marinated with me. The last couple of seasons, the last handful of seasons, there's been some voodoo about this uh, about this Ole Miss game. Uh, we found our quarterback Coker last year. It was a game where the the sort of the 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 integrity, their personality of the team was on the line, and Alabama rose to the occasion to to win the game. There's been other instances we've lost. Uh, Alabama has lost games to Ole Miss, and so this is a game where Alabama. Three seasons, three games into the season, four games into the season, hasn't yet found its personality. And who rolls up but Ole Miss? 
And uh, I think that that's interesting that uh, Ole Miss may be the team where we have an opportunity to sort of stamp our fate uh, on the 2023 season. I can almost think of no opponent. I'd rather that be true uh, against an Ole Miss because of the history, because of the pattern Alabama has seen in this contest. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm attributing something to that. And so that will certainly be a fun thing uh, to watch. Uh, we have a Zoom call Thursday night, or virtual tailgate Thursday night. Again, sign up. You can get a free sample. We'll send the links out. Uh, but a sampling of uh, membership to the support team and uh, participate in a, in a Zoom call and check out uh, what it's truly all about. Uh, we certainly welcome and invite you to do that. In the meantime, let's do what we do. Roll Tide. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tide. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.